0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: And we are coming to you live from the Quicken Loans studios. Leave the music up, Rob. Quicken Loans, National Mortgage Lender Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855 212 Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N. I was going to talk about how, friends, I have seen the future of the NFL. I don't necessarily like it, and I'll tell you why a little bit later on. I have to get to this game. One. Statement by the Minnesota Vikings that they're still there. Statement to the Chicago Bears that the Minnesota Vikings are still there. You better be on watch, Bears Nation. It isn't over just yet. You look great. Ryan Pace looks like an ass kicker. Mitch Trubisky's, if he's healthy, looks like an ass kicker. And so does Khalil Mack, but he ain't out of the woods just yet. Statement by the Vikings, they're still there couple of statements being made around the NFL today. we get to them all at the end of the show and around the league. But, of course, you can call up about it, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I have to get to Aaron Rodgers. I have to get to Mike McCarthy because, friends, pressure in time are bad roommates. And I know that the way that Mike McCarthy looks at you, I know the way that Mike McCarthy has sounded in the past, it makes him an easy punching bag. He always looks at everybody. The face on his or the face that he makes on that kisser of his, it looks, yes, like a fast food manager about to tell you bad news. It looks like a guy who manages the tractor supply company who's gonna tell you that the coupon doesn't work here anymore. You're a day past. I understand that. And he has said it before. When he came out and he was brash a couple of years ago and says, Listen, look. I'm a good football coach, okay? I know that. And we made fun of him on this show. I made fun of him a million times over. He sounded a little bit like the dad from SNL and the dysfunctional family that he could do 50 push-ups in one minute. He, he sounded very arrogant. He sounded crass. He sounded... Made kind of an ass of himself in that post, post-game press conference. There is some truth to that. It's not like he all of a sudden forgot how to coach. It's not like all of a sudden he doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground about coaching. He just sounds a little bit silly when he's talking about a little breathy, a little heavy. So it's easy to beat up on him. Of course, it's easy for me to beat up on him. When you come out and you say, listen, I'm a good coach. It's like, okay, let's, let's ease up over here. Okay. We know everybody knows. Listen, I can eat. Four Baconators, and I've done it before, and I'll do it again. I've won Super Bowls before, and I'll win Super. All right. Okay, Mike. We got it. It's very easy to beat up on Mike McCarthy. He gives you that blank, cold stare. Aaron Rodgers gives you something, and there's something else with Aaron Rodgers, and there's a truth that I think people want to deny, and they want to deny it for as long as they possibly can. But let's talk about Mike McCarthy here for a second, because I go back to what it was a couple of weeks ago when they took on Seattle. They lost 27-24, and so many of the analytics crowd wanted to get in and say, how could he have punted four and a half minutes left? How could you have punted with that time and still in your own zone? Well, obviously, you still can. Remember, we have to remember this when we talk about analytics. I can't just throw a great big blanket on it and say analytics, and obviously it makes Mike McCarthy look like an ass. That's not the point. We have to remember when we're talking about analytics and going for two and whether or not to kick an extra point, whether or not to go for it between a space and time, there are characters, there are people, which are variables that are involved, that changes things. If your defense is better, your offense is better, whichever it might be, there are characters that are involved that change the complexion of things. And there's always the possibility you can get the ball back. If you don't get the ball back, obviously the game's over. If you don't get the first down while you could say it's inches or a foot, if you somehow don't get the first down in your own zone, on your own half of the field, it's definitely game over from there. You put it out of reach. All that is very true. I, I, I respect analytics. I respect the math. I respect that the new age stuff is coming around and it's becoming more and more of a thinking man's game. Bob Glover was just on with us, which he's fantastic. Again, I encourage you to go out and get the book. Guts and genius, the top three coaches, the 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 genius, the guts of the top three coaches of the 1980s. And what he said about Bill Walsh is absolutely right. Bill Walsh was one of the three most dominant coaches of his time, one of the three greatest and honestly one of the handful of greatest coaches, greatest innovators of all time. He would be so absurdly dangerous in 2018 NFL with the rule changes, with the offense that's put in, with the type of athletes that he could have had it wouldn't even probably be fair. It'd probably be him and Sean McVeigh who happened to be connected to him with with what my, with what Bob Globber had said. Things change. So I agree with the analytics. I agree with, with, with changing as time goes on. You can't be stuck in the past. But that doesn't mean I can use that as a blanket and just throw it on top of Mike McCarthy and say Mike McCarthy doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Mike McCarthy, more than likely, he's been there for a long time, voice goes silent. Maybe the ways have changed a little bit on Mike McCarthy. You could bring up Aaron Jones and subbing out Aaron Jones and bringing in Jamal Williams and immediately giving up a sack like what happened earlier. These are coaching decisions. These are things I I simply cannot deny, and I won't deny them. But remember, pressure and time are bad roommates, just like what Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers seem to be. Aaron Rodgers is 35 years old. He doesn't have much time left. And anytime we talk about the top quarterbacks of the generation, Hickey, I'll get my pen out. Name the top quarterbacks of this generation, the greatest quarterbacks of this generation still currently playing. Leave Peyton Manning off the list. Go.
2: Okay, leaving Peyton Manning off the list has to be Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, right?
1: Brees, Rodgers, Brady. Brees, Rodgers, Brady. No, no order. but Yeah, no particular three. order. Brees, Rodgers, Brady. I can't I cannot politic for this. I can't condone it. Brady doesn't have a reason to, even though he might have done it in the past. Obviously, he would have that power. Breeze doesn't have a reason to, even though he could very well have done it in the past. A couple of times we talked about Sean or Sean Payton and his future. But if we always mention in the top 3 quarterbacks that get brought up in that conversation, are those guys and Rodgers is always part of it. If it's such a bad thing, if we see you on the field and you're mouthing how that was a stupid bleeping call, that was a stupid bleeping play call and you're that upset, if anybody can go rogue, Aaron, it is you. No, I can't necessarily condone everything. That would be a crazy idea to have. Mike McCarthy's got to know what he's doing offensively. And again, over time, your voice goes a little bit silent. It goes silent with the fan base. It might go silent with the players. This is all very well. This is all very well and very true. All a possibility. But it's much easier to switch out the head coach than it is for the quarterback because I think we know, we know in the NFL, we know as fans, Packers fans know, it's going to be much easier to talk junk about Mike McCarthy, get him the hell out of there, than it ever is going to be about Aaron Rodgers. We know that everything runs off Aaron Rodgers. Even he hasn't been perfect, perfect. He's been pretty damn good. But even he hasn't been perfect in his own right. But 35 going on 36... A window is closing, and we are starting that conversation ever so slightly. And some people have been hitting the gas a little bit harder than others. But ever so slightly, we've been having that conversation about where he ranks on the all-time greats. Drew Brees looks like that team can win a Super Bowl this year. It would be a second. Hell, he hasn't even won an MVP. Tom Brady, he's got five of them. He's been how many different times? Nobody's questioning his legacy. Now, even though Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl, and that team completely hits the deck anytime he's not on the field, there have been people. Well, Ben one too. Where's Aaron been? There's pressure. And now Aaron doesn't have a whole lot of time. The injuries have started to mount over the last couple of years. The seriousness of those injuries have begun to mount over the last couple of years. And now they are finding themselves in a very difficult position where the draft hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been overwhelmingly great. That's why they've made their changes, and they like their general manager that they have now. It hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been overwhelming. But now, remember, Clay Matthews is in his 10th year. They're starting to bring in guys who are a little bit younger. There is a change that's being made with the Green Bay Packers. And now Aaron Rodgers looks around the NFL and don't think for a moment he doesn't see Eli Manning and the change that the New York Giants are going through where Eli Manning just doesn't have the stuff anymore of what it takes to be a franchise elite quarterback in the NFL and can't make it through that change. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, has youth on his side, now has that experience, and he's keeping Seattle's heads above water while they go through the cycle of trying to change out the talent that's going to be around him and then take that team to the next level, even possibly changing their, co- their head coach because Pete Carroll is a pretty old man. Aaron Rodgers sees these examples it makes him nervous. There's not a lot of time but for his legacy, for how close that team has gotten, for the Packers fans, for his own well-being. The pressure is absolutely insurmountable. 855-2124-CBS, 855 We'll get to some of your calls when we come back. Also, I have seen the future of the NFL. I got to say, I don't like it. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio.
3: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send them hot, at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. I've seen the future of the NFL. i got to admit, I don't like it. I'll get to that here in a moment. i got to get to these phones. Hickey, we got Josh in Pennsylvania. He was on hold the longest. He's first up on CBS Sports Radio. Josh, go ahead. Yes, I'm I'm so upset about the Steelers' loss, okay? Because, <laughs> That's first of all, be upset. they're down at the goal line. And what do they do first? They run a throwing play, okay? Mm-hmm. Which they, they've been connecting all night, but they got away from it. In the second half, they definitely did. Connor did not have as many carries. So, the throwing play didn't work. So, what happens next? They're going to run with Corner, okay? He gets stopped. The four-yard line. And what I'm so upset about, and I have no idea what happened, is on third down and goal, Ben drops back,
4: fakes it, I don't know what he's seen after that. Can you help me out?
1: What, on the interception? Yes. Oh, he just freaked out and he threw the football. He threw the football. I mean, that's that's what it was. I mean, it, you, it's third down. You still had another shot. I don't know why. You could have even taken a sack there if you wanted to. There was time. Uh, yes. He just freaked out and he threw the football. It, it would have been picked twice. Brown was covered. And his, and the defender beat him. So if it wasn't picked off by the defensive lineman who ended up having a great game, had was part of a great sack earlier then it would have been picked off by the guy in the secondary. I have no idea what he was looking at, Josh. I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't understand, uh, Josh, and Josh, thank you very much for the call, buddy. I don't understand why you're throwing the ball 56 times again when James Conner was seemingly working for you. He averaged 4.1 per carry. He carried the ball 13 times. You give the ball to him a handful of times more. Yeah, The Broncos are not some prolific offense. They're doing better. And now Vance Joseph's getting a little bit of chutzpah going behind him where people thought he was going to get fired during the season. Still could end up getting canned after the end of the year. But you're looking at a lot of things here that are that are going the Broncos' way that could keep him around. And if Case Keenum can still keep up going, hey, I guess I got to shut my mouth. Because I was sitting there going before, you know, you get Bradley Chubb, and I know Bradley Chubb's a great bookend, and now you got him, you got Von Miller, you got to take care of both of them. Defense can still get the job done for you, especially in the playoffs, but you got to get to the playoffs first. And I'm still wondering the entire time, say you're you're there at number five. Would it be better? Hold on, don't kill me. Would it be better with Rosen or better with Allen to develop than it would be with paying $18 million to Case Keenum and then still having Bradley Chubb and not getting to the playoffs? Well, they can shut me up now because they're five and six and then they're on the outside looking in. But now they have a look at it. The toughest part of their schedule is gone. They got some winnable, certainly winnable games coming up. And when you beat the Steelers at home after you just beat the Chargers on the road, that's some big boy stuff right there. And for Ben Roethlisberger, I hate to say this, he's got to be the dumbest, prolific quarterback I've ever seen. There is at least four or five times a game even where he is going to give you a chance to beat him. He's obscenely talented, big, strong, rocket arm got the whole shebang, has everything physically that you want, and there are four times a game he will do something so incredibly dumb you can't believe whether or not somebody has to walk behind him and tell him when to breathe in and breathe out. I've never. Peyton Manning, Brady, Breeze, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, we're just talking about the greatest quarterbacks of this generation. He's in there. He's a legitimate elite quarterback. And for what I said about Russell Wilson, where Russell Wilson passed the elite tests over these last couple of weeks where you've kept that team's head above water because you don't have a lot of talent around you. You really don't. And so to keep that team above 500, where they really could have just hit the skids just like everybody else in that division who aren't named the Rams, they could have absolutely done that. He's the guy who keeps them above Ben Roethlisberger's done that. They've had 0-4 starts when they were doing roster turnovers. He kept them at 8-8. and 8. They were able to keep their head above water, keep Mike Tomlin employed, keep Kevin Colbert employed because that's what you do when you're an elite quarterback. You, you make sure guys keep their jobs because it's all on your shoulders. And he's done that. And there are still three or four times a game I go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen you do in my entire life. That's the dumbest thing since I saw you do it last week. Where no other quarterback in that conversation, you could even come close. Brady's done a couple of dumb things. Breeze, God, I, th- I think you got to get a micro, a, a, a magnifying glass, and find anything you can to see if he's done anything dumb. I don't think he's done any of it. Rogers has done a couple of dumb things. No, no great quarterback makes dumber decisions than Ben Roethlisberger. You almost threw the ball away last week against Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a bad football team. If they're not getting in fights with each other, they're getting in fights with the other team. They're costing their team points. They're costing the coach their job, maybe. You almost threw it away down there. Eight five five two one two four cbs Ron in Cleveland. Ron, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, Ken? Hey, Ron. Go ahead, bud. Boy, what a weekend, man. Between the Buckeyes and the Browns today, I, I don't know how to act. You know,
3: I'm so excited, you know, We have that quarterback now. We've been waiting for him for 20 years. We have this guy. I'm just wondering what kind of reaction nationally and what you expect this week, the reaction to what Mayfield said after the game.
1: I think some people – I'm glad you brought it up. Now, we're going to talk about a little bit more during signing off. Stay with me for a second here, Ron. I think locally people are going to love it. I think people nationally are going to – have. I think there's going to be some people who hate it. I think some people are going to say that he's low class – I think there's going to be some people who think, hey, what do you want the guy to do? What do you think? What do you make of it, Ron? I want to know your thoughts.
3: Uh, well, of course, I loved it. But, I mean, the whole thing uh-huh. is,
1: when has a head coach ever left a team in the middle of the season and
3: went to an opponent Never. and, and matched up with him? I mean, that's Houston, $15 million guaranteed. Uh-huh. He didn't take that job Wait till the offseason. i thought that that kind of low class on his part. He blamed everybody else in the world, talking about he would fix the offense. All of a sudden, you know, we had – him as a head coach and Todd Haley's offensive coordinators, you have the running backs coach running the same playbook is actually mixing things up and making the offense work. I love how he mentioned that, you know, we have a, a, a play caller that we believe in between the lines. Of course, he's saying he didn't believe in the other guys. So I mean, well, class, whatever it's honest. I mean, it inspired those guys and they, and they played like a different team.
1: Ron, I swear to you, I, I don't want to use this as a cop-out. And I thank you very much for the call. I love what you say. I don't want to give away what I can sell. You stay listening until 1240 a.m. Eastern past that, and we'll do it during signing off because I know that Hickey saved that clip. We know we have those comments, and I want to play that during signing off, and I'll give my entire thoughts on that. 855 cbs John in Arizona wants to talk about the fish. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, John.
3: Hey, how's it going?
1: John, not bad. Go uh, ahead, brother.
3: I'm a lifetime Dolphins fan, and I've been frustrated as – you could probably imagine, Uh, but playing the Colts today, I listened to it on the radio because I don't do TV. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to you guys all the time. And then I went on Twitter after the game and I guess the play calling was horrible. And I just want to know what your take is on Adam Gase. Cause everybody in the Twitter world is saying he was terrible at play calling. Tannehill played good. Finally got him back looking like we could make the playoffs and yeah.
1: We I did. saw the end of that game, John, and and I don't know what your play-by-play of it was. but And I, and I saw a couple of teams do this today. I, I don't know why. There's so many teams that – there's a few teams that can do this because they're that talented. They have that experience where they can sit on it, and when they need to turn it on, they can turn it back on, and they can close the door on a football team. It's dangerous. Because it's the NFL and they're meant to be tight football games, it's a dangerous thing to do. But there's certain teams that can do it. I thought it got overwhelmingly conservative, third and long, yeah. some of that stuff. They're they're sitting there running the ball, and hey, Frank Gore is ageless. But I, I just didn't believe in what they were doing in the fourth quarter. I thought again, it was it was the typical, and it's overly conservative. And I'm a fan of conservative football, and I get and I always say, you know, there's so many times where guys get accused of coaching to quote-unquote not win the game or not lose the game, I should say. It's because they're, they're always doing the worst possible scenario in their head. But I thought this was the case in point where Tannehill wasn't terrible. He didn't cost you anything. Threw for over 200, wow. had a couple of touchdowns. You could have put the ball in the air a couple of times and gotten some first downs, taken some more time off the clock instead. Wow. They were uberly conservative. I got with, with, with who was telling you that, I got to 100% completely agree. They gave up the wow. lead. You had Andrew Luck throwing like crazy. You had Vinatieri at the end. Of, I think that's what his 28th game winner, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, I give He's the Colts credit. Left and right. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, I give the Colts credit. I think they gave it to him. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. yeah, John, it's, it's frustrating,
3: you know?
1: Yeah. John, th- and thank you very much for the call. When you give away games in the NFL, that's the most frustrating. There's teams that come from behind. They're better, and they take it, and that's frustrating enough. When you give away a game like that, I thought they got uber conservative, I thought that that was uncharacteristic of Adam Gase. I think that he's done a lot of the good things this year. Trying to take that team over. Trying to really give that team some sort of a kick in the ass. He's had to deal with the quarterback changes. You get Ryan Tannehill back. You're hoping that you can make some sort of hay there. And then you go out there and you choke it away you did today. And the way it looks like, hey, these were play calls. These weren't necessarily horrific turnovers. These weren't you guys just doing anything that was out of character. This was really uncharacteristic of his. Anything was out of character, it was the play calling by Adam Gase. 8552124 CBS 8552124227 coming up in a bit. You got to understand Cleveland's relationship with LeBron. It's complicated. Next though, signing off. This is the Ken Carman show. 855 cbs That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. One hour from now to the week 12 around the NFL. Going to kill Jim Harbaugh. Well, not literally. But going to go after Jim Harbaugh coming up at 1 a.m. Eastern. 855 We'll get the sounding off here in just a moment. However, I got to get to the phones. Chris in Baltimore. Chris, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio.
3: Hey, my friend. Thank you for taking my call.
1: Glad the to have you
3: I'm, the question I would like to know I didn't see the the game today versus Oakland, but I wanted to get your comments on how Lamar did and the team wrapped around them and should Joe come back since uh Lamar's on the high street if yeah, well on
1: high man street. that's a tough that's a tough one because uh, I'm, I, you got to be patient with Lamar Jackson because there was a couple of people going. Well, you know, he threw a couple of picks and there wasn't a lot of touching the ball. And I go, yeah, well, you know, you drafted him at the end of the first round. And thank you very much for the call, Chris. You got to be patient with him. But you're in a position now where you're six and five. You're trying to make the playoffs. There was conversation abo- uh, before about letting go of John Harbaugh. Boy, you make the playoffs. I don't know how you let go, go let go of John Harbaugh there. Because I'll tell you what, in that division, I'm in Cleveland. I will, I will, and you know how I look like. You might. Uh, I will take a rickshaw myself and go down to Baltimore and pick his ass up. I will pull him and Jerry Rosberg up to Cleveland. John Harbaugh with the Browns? Yeah, sign me up. If they make the playoffs, I think Steve Bichotti has to really think about that, but he's got a very big decision. Flacco is, he's the veteran. He's been stagnant. Lamar Jackson's new He's made some exciting plays. There's a couple of questions on the touch. You're looking at the defense. Who do they play? Who do they play next? Who do the Ravens play next? Don't they have the Falcons coming up next in Atlanta? That is not a good defense. Man, if he play, if you play Lamar Jackson, he could rush for over 100. He could throw for 100 a, a and a half. You could win that football game. The Falcons need a win like a, you need error. But they could win that football game. There's part of me that thinks he's such a different look as a quarterback to that offense. As Tate comes out, defenses will eventually adjust. But I, I still don't know if I can adjust to him just yet because he can do so many things with his legs and he can make so many plays. Is that still? I don't know necessarily if they can go out there and, and take it full throttle just yet. So he could put you in a position to win a couple of games. I, I would definitely. And you can't say this publicly. Well, we'll we'll play Lamar Jackson until we lose a game well then it feels like you're already stiff in the guy when he's getting a chance to play so you can make that public Flacco's the veteran he's never been a backup I would probably because I can because I can predict it I would probably go back to Flacco Lamar Jackson, I think he's played pretty well. I think he's played pretty decently. He's made some plays. You're, you're winning football games. You ran like crazy in game one. You tried to throw it better in game two. A couple of passes that that needed some work. I didn't think he was too terribly bad whatsoever. A couple of picks. Yeah, it's going to happen with a rookie. I would still probably go back to the veteran. Even though, man, I'm looking my chops at that Falcons secondary. That Falcon secondary is trash. Then you got the Chiefs. That's a shootout. All of a sudden, Bucks, Chargers, Browns to end the season. Some of those, especially at six and five, you've proven you can beat anybody in the league. You can also lose to anybody in the league. These are winnable football games. I'd still probably go back to the vet. I'd still probably get you go back with the guy, the date that brought you there. You see how that one works out because Lamar Jackson's a rookie and he might have a bright future. And I'll I'll give him credit and still think that I think he did very well. But I also think that those guys are, are very unpredictable. I'd probably rather have a guy who I can know I can count on. And I might prove that I know I can count on him to be stagnant, but at least I know what I'm getting into with Joe Flacco and being able to pull it down. 855 4 cbs Are we ready? We're ready. It's time for sounding off. What did the coaches have to say after today's NFL action? It's time for sounding off. Let it ride, you sweaty bastards. All right,
2: we're starting your neck of the woods. You don't sure.
1: even respond to that. You're just ready to read. You read these, don't you?
2: I do read these, yes.
1: Pathetic.
2: You want to go okay, off the Okay, I'm cuff? kidding.
1: I'm kidding. <laughs> nah, you know, you, pre- you pre- if you can't, you can't. Just don't read it then. Not to or mention, read it. I don't then. know
2: how to respond to sweaty bastard. I was just going <laughs> to l- leave that there.
1: You ain't got it like I got it, because I would know how I would respond. Uh, I
2: guess we're just two different people then. I'm Look who's talking, you fat
1: pig. That's what you're supposed to say. Now you say it back to me. Look go. who's
2: talking, you fat pig. <laughs> <That's a lie. laughs> Uh, no response from you so I see your game is uh...
1: you talking about that girlfriend I saw yours earlier? Okay Ken, keep the clubs (laughs) up now alright, I'm kidding, go ahead, let's go signing off baby, let's go
2: (laughs) alright so Hugh Jackson is back on the same field as the Cleveland Browns, well this time he's on the Cincinnati sidelines as the former Browns head coach faced off against his former team for the first time this season after the Browns won, Jackson went to talk to Baker Mayfield after the game and tried to give him a hug, which the quarterback was not receptive to. In the post game, Mayfield explained his reluctance in embracing his former head coach.
0: He said, good job, good game. Um, yeah, that was brief. I didn't feel like talking. Me. I don't know. It left Cleveland, goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. It's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but... That's how I feel. No, I mean, it's just like any rivalry game. That's just how it is now. That's how I'm going to treat it every time we play them, but it's it's nothing, you know, there's no hate. That's just how it is. That's how I'm going to treat it, and I think that's how our team should treat it too. And what it comes down to is we still have the same players. Yeah, that's what I said when everything was happening. Uh, we just had to play better. Um, you know what? You, you can put your own spin on it, but uh, we have the same players. Yeah, we have people, we have people that we believe in calling the plays now.
1: <laughs> in the words... Of Dave Chappelle as the late, great Rick James at the China Club to now the late, great Charlie Murphy. I remember he had passed away. That was cold-blooded. Some people are going to take umbrage with this. And and Ron in Cleveland called me up last segment. I I said, hey, I want to answer. You got to wait, because I don't want to give away what I can sell. Well, now it's time to sell that, brother. Because there's going to be people, Browns fans are going to love it. Because Browns fans hate Hugh Jackson. And there's a couple of writers out there who really don't like Hugh Jackson. There's one that really loves him, but either way. Uh, A lot of Browns fans obviously really, really, really don't like Hugh Jackson. And the media tour that he took after that season, I thought it was just, or after he got let go this season, I thought it was hogwash. I think a lot of it was revisionist history. I thought a lot of it was flat out... um, Untruths, I would say, uh, being close to the situation the best I can. But either way, he's a guy who's going to try to protect his own reputation because he's known as the losingest coach in the NFL, in NFL history. Well, except for Burt Bell. So he's one of the losingest coaches in NFL history. One of the two. And for him, he's trying to protect his own image. Now, a lot of people say, you know, it's, he's a coach, he got fired. He wants to be close to the game. He has every right to go be close to the game. Okay, but Baker Mayfield has every single right to take that personally. Baker Mayfield is a guy who lives with a chip on his shoulder, and there's going to be people who absolutely love Baker Mayfield, and there's going to be people who hate him. There is going to be no third direction here. So Baker Mayfield said it with his chest, and Baker Mayfield, while he might not be thinking about this fully in the terms about how I'm going to think about it, this still needs to be natural in the back of his mind. Hugh Jackson left. The only thing Hugh Jackson was ever good for for the Cleveland Browns was an excuse. That's it. For Baker Mayfield, Baker needs to know that the only way they're going to get the job done is rallying around him. We do this chicken or the egg, coach or quarterback thing all the time, and we love to do it with Belichick and Brady. But for 99.9% of football teams out there, and this is basically in, in just football in general, you're going to go by the leaders on your field, not by the leader standing on the sidelines. He can yell at you. He can, he can impart wisdom on you. He can give you great lessons. He can be a total bluthering idiot. It doesn't matter. But it's going to be on you guys on the field to actually produce. And especially at the game's biggest stage, it, it's the players. It's the quarterback. And Baker needs to be that guy. Because for far too long, the Cleveland Browns and their fan base have looked to some some coach who's come in and felt that he's going to be some magical wizard and take his wand and make terrible Browns players great players. That's not the case. And you see what bad coaching can do. It can get in the way. They are the same players. They're being put in a different position. He's thrown nine touchdowns and one interception since Hugh Jackson's been gone. Before, he wasn't bad, but he was nowhere near this good. So a coach... He can help you out a little bit, but he can drag you down in the mud with him. And I think that's, in his own words, that's what Baker Mayfield's telling everybody. There is no love lost there, and it really should be that way. You need to have an us-against-the-world mentality if you're going to climb out of the foxhole after the head coach and offensive coordinator got fired during the season. Next.
2: Before the season, Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey did a controversial interview with GQ where he gave his unfiltered thoughts about each quarterback in the NFL. Ramsey was specifically hard on Bills quarterback Josh Allen, where he was quoted as saying, He's trash and it's going to show too. That's a stupid draft pick to me. We've played him this year and I'm excited as hell. I hope he's our starting quarterback. End quote. Well, Ramsey got his wish on Sunday, but it didn't go as he planned, as Allen threw for 160 yards and a touchdown, but tore to Jags on the ground, rushing for 99 yards and a score. After the game, Ramsey was asked about his impressions on Allen. Did it
1: change your perception of him at all? Did you still think he's trash?
4: Uh, I mean, the good thing about you know the world we live in is everybody can have an opinion. Um, and, um, you know, I, I stick by my opinions usually. Um just with his feet. He, he did enough for the team to get a win. I mean, that's really what matters at the end of the day. Uh, so it doesn't matter you know what I said or anything like that. And I'm sure that's what he was thinking on, this, on his side. It doesn't matter. People have opinions every day. Uh, they can have opinions, but it's about what you go out there and do and what he went out there and did for their team to get a win. So I uh, can't really say anything about it.
1: Well, I have an unfiltered opinion on Jalen Ramsey and his Jacksonville Jaguars. I have an unfiltered opinion. You've lost seven in a row. I have an unfiltered opinion. You had your ass handed to you on the road by the Cowboys, and you didn't have anything to say about that. I have an unfiltered opinion. You had the Steelers right in the palm of your hand and lost that one. And I had an unfiltered opinion that your running back, your highly touted running back, your your first round draft pick running back, went out there and cost your team today. I have an unfiltered opinion. You put the head coach's job in jeopardy. I have an unfiltered opinion. You put the team president's job in jeopardy. I have an unfiltered opinion. opinion. put the team's future in Jacksonville in jeopardy. I have an unfiltered opinion that you could end up having more people in the pool for your next home game coming up on Sunday against the Colts than you would actually to be in the stands to actually watch this worthless collection of wasted talent go out there and waste another game yet again against one of the hottest teams of the NFL. Is that enough unfiltered opinions for you? Because no team over the last three years has talked more trash than the Jacksonville Jaguars and in turn No team over the last three years has accomplished less. You want a playoff game. Big freaking deal. You were supposed to be one of the very best in the AFC this year. You have been the absolute opposite. Week two, you were supposed to have sent a message to the AFC, and that went over the Patriots. That is a bygone era. Right now, it's time to clear out lockers. Right now, it's time to find who's actually going to play and who's a tremendous disappointment, because you guys were the story of the league last year, and now I can't just throw everything on Blake Bortles because he's the world's biggest bust, and we love to make fun of him and have Blake Bortles Facts on Twitter. Is that enough of an unfiltered opinion for you? Next.
2: Going back to Thanksgiving Day, the Cowboys defeated the Redskins 31-23 They had him washed in their second straight defeat. The Skins' defense had trouble containing Dallas' offense, as Zooka late ran for 121 yards on a touchdown, while Amari Cooper exploded for 180 yards and two touchdowns. After the game, Redskins safety DJ Swearinger didn't shy away from where most of the blame should be assigned.
4: We can go out there and, you know, do what we... Do whatever on teams that ain't good like I said against Tampa we can do whatever we want to go on teams that ain't good But when you got teams that you know that can play with you you gotta you gotta prepare you gotta tackle you gotta do the simple things right if you don't do the simple things right you gonna get embarrassed on national TV that's why we don't get respect as a Redskins we don't do the simple <laughs> right you know we do the simple right I guarantee you we get respect so we don't need no damn respect I see why we get disrespected, you know, because we don't win the big game. We got to win the big game. Only way you win the big game is you prepare for the big game, and that's every day. And that got to be in your heart. Like I said, that laughing, man, that for the birds when you losing. If you losing, if you ain't no championship team, man, it ain't no reason coming in the building and laughing unless it don't mean that much to you, unless you just doing it for the money. But if you doing it from the heart, that going mean something to you when you walk in that building after you lost two games in a row.
1: He's not wrong. Am I supposed to take umbrage with any of that, Hickey? I, I, I just flat out agree with everything that he says.
2: So do I, but he's just being honest, which was nice.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love the honesty. I think he's absolutely right about it. The Redskins came into this thing. At one point, they were running away with that division. The Philadelphia Eagles, they have a hangover right now. The Giants are not to be taken seriously whatsoever, except for Saquon Barkley. But if they don't get the quarterback right, he's going to turn into this generation's Barry Sanders. I've been saying it every week, and I mean it every week. And Washington, yeah, and I know, Alex Smith went down, and Colt McCoy is fine quarterback, but he's certainly not what Alex Smith is. And that was a crazy injury. I, I know that that's, that's shocking to everybody in their systems. That still doesn't mean that you can't beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys are more than willing to get their own way. Go ask Tennessee. They're more than willing to do that. So when you get beat like that on national TV, yeah, I I totally agree with DJ Swearinger. It's why I haven't been able to take the Redskins very seriously. We had Redskins fans calling us up, yelling, yelling at me a few weeks ago. Why aren't you taking the Redskins seriously? Why can't you put the Redskins in as an alive team over dead or alive? Well, DJ Swearinger just told you I didn't have to say anything to you fantastic tidbit from dj after the game and that is sounding off fantastic as always hickey very well done coming up in less than an hour week 12 around the nfl i love andrew luck i love what he's doing for the colts or the hottest team in the nfl coming up next so for you history buffs out there jim harbaugh was supposed to be king james on saturday he ended up like czar nicholas it's ken carmen on cbs sports radio